to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach, who goes second. And I'm Zar. Alright, boys. As always, as of the time of dropping this episode, it will have passed, but let's talk about what we're playing, specifically in regards to Halloween, if it's different at all. Zar, let's start with you. What are you playing? Um, I am taking a bit of a break from my Halloween games. I'm almost done with Voodoo Vents, but the last level is just a fucking nightmare. So I'm actually playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot to fill some time. Kakarot, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know why I started playing it. It was free on Game Pass, and I've just been having a lot of fun with it. It does feel like you are thrown into the universe of Dragon Ball Z, and I just am enjoying the hell out of it. You feel like Kakarot. You feel like Kakarot. (laughs) I can feel the energy coursing through my veins. It's not even my final form. (laughs) Power levels! Power levels! I don't know if people know that video you're talking about, like the Pokemon video that... God, that's an old YouTube video. I'm old. Sorry. We are old. Make me post that. It's like... All right. It's like, it's an interesting video. It's an animated video about, like, making fun of anime and Pokemon in general. And it's literally, like, 20 seconds of this guy going, Oh my god, my first Pokemon battle. This is so exciting. And then, like, a Caesar or something slashes Pikachu's throat, and it's two minutes of it bleeding out. <laughs> oh my god. While everyone's just quietly looking, and he's like, I never want to play this again. <laughs> this is nothing but monsters. this is nothing but animal fighting for children. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you see you later, Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy goes power levels and just yeah that's power a good levels. Oh, uh, uh, all right, all right. All right. So um, I am Hi, Zach, really switching it up today. I am playing World of Warcraft. Fuck but... you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. switching it up. I'm switching it up. Okay, but in World of Warcraft. I'm putting on a jack-o'-lantern head, Ooh. doing quest. <laughs> I spit out my water. It's just like, but, but, hear me out. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing, but with costume. But that's Halloween. Uh-huh. And I train, changed my transmog. Now I'm a warrior dressed as a death knight, too. So, no big mm. deal. No big deal. Okay. And that's spooky. I've, I've killed the Headless Horseman 20 times in the hope that he would drop his horse that he rides in on every time. He has not dropped his horse. <laughs> is that like a drop rate thing where you yeah. have a chance to yep. get the horse? Yep. What's the drop rate percentage? Uh, fuck you, Zach. It's the uh, drop rate, I believe. <laughs> On the official Wikipedia. Because, <laughs> I mean, people are saying it's really easy to get. I'm like, I've been playing this game since 2007 or eight, And granted, 2008 and 2009, I wasn't very good at it. But hot damn. Eight. No, wait. We're in 2022. Yeah. 12 years. Uh, 12 years of killing that motherfucker. And all he does is speak in rhymes. <laughs> I hate guys that speak in rhymes. And that's I all. have to deal with that all the time. You when? See, you see, no, I see I did the rhyme. I'm the guy I, that... I see what you did there. Thank you, Zara. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't why, trust JP anymore. But in my head, and I know that, like, this drop is, like, 
legitimately, you know, the horse just stays behind. But for whatever reason, I am imagining that this guy goes down and all of a sudden a horse just pops out of his chest when he dies <laughs> if you get the drop. The horse like, it was so hot in there. <laughs> it was me all oh. along. <laughs> okay, that's better head cannon. I'm going to go with that because that at least that's makes me feel cannon. better. It's cannon. <laughs> Right. It's a spooky skeleton, though, so it's... Spooky, scary so skeleton. Sivers <laughs> down your nah, nah, spine. Nah. All right, I'm working on two things right now. Number one... Hold on, uh, JP, what are you playing? <laughs> thank you. No one, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no one ever asks, JP. All right, number one, uh, playthrough of Super Mario 64. Nothing creepy there except... Um, that piano. That's literally what I was just <laughs> about to say. Like, if you watch the Watch Mojo's top ten scariest moments in gaming... One of the ones they always throw in there is that piano in the boo level. Yep. And it got me. I forgot. I <laughs> forgot. I'm like, I saw a piano. When I entered, I was like, there's something about this piano, but I forgot. And then it got the big munchy mouth. And I was like, oh, yeah, it munches your bones. There's something about this piano. Oh, yeah, that's right. I oh, died. Oh, that's right. But I, I need that red coin. <laughs> Did you know that in the original Nintendo Power magazine that was, like, advertising Super Mario 64... They claimed that that piano could be killed. They're a bunch of fucking liars because yeah, no, I tried it, everything. It, it, and, like, I've seen a bunch of YouTube videos going into this. There is no way to hurt or even stop this piano from moving. So Nintendo Power <laughs> lied to us all these years. God, fucking According Nintendo to Czar. facts. <laughs> oh, my facts the game come facts. from YouTube videos. Now, there's one other game. I had a fun, like, Halloween-themed, like, game night session last night. So... Uh, a couple of my buddies invited me over, and we made a drinking game out of Until Dawn. Do you nice. remember? Yes, nice. Until Dawn. So for those that don't know, Until Dawn is a horror game that came out like 2013, 2014. Somewhere in that avenue. And it's technically a horror game, but it's also like supposed to be a satirical take on like horror movies and horror games, but in itself actually has some pretty scary moments. It's a pretty damn cool game. My favorite thing about the game is there's eight characters that you play as who are all teenagers in this abandoned cabin in the mountains, right? Each one of them have, like, the opportunity to die if you choose the wrong thing because, here's the kicker, it's a choice-based game where you have different dialogue options and, oh, should you go left or should you go right? Ah, the narrative and storytelling. Worst case scenario, you take a wrong turn and... You pick a wrong dialogue option and somebody, like, doesn't like you anymore, right? That's at best. At worst, you pick the wrong option in an instant and somebody fucking dies, right? Okay. Even if you've been – that's the game, and it's fucking awesome. Well, here's what I did. My buddies and I, I had the controller, and I was actually playing the game. But anytime a choice came up, everybody would yell what they wanted me to do. Like, yeah, like, kill her. Like, kill her. Run. I would panic every time. Let her die. And here's the, if I choose something that's the opposite of what you wanted me to do, you have to drink. If somebody dies, you finish your drink. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, I like this. Yeah. we Char can. likes drinking. I, I'd be more than Girl. happy to play, with, play it with you guys, too, because it was a fucking blast. Ah, well, got to have a PlayStation for it, so I'm down to come ha! over. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it was a good fucking time. Is Until Dawn really still a PlayStation exclusive? I'm pretty sure. It might be on PC, uh, but I know it it's never made it to Xbox. I feel like it's on Steam. Yeah, would you look that up? Because I, like, number one, if you've never played this game, even if you're not a big fan of horror games, I think there's something there for everybody in Until Dawn. <laughs> Just don't throw a snowball at the bird. 
Oh, no. The number one rule of Until Dawn, leave nature alone. Yeah, don't fuck with nature. Fuck with people all you want, because fuck those people. But nature, leave it alone. Nature will come back and retaliate. Yeah. No, it's not on PC either. Oh, All so right, it is so still. it's still a PlayStation exclusive. I'm proud of that one. I love Until Dawn. It's a good one, yeah. No, I, I originally played it with my roommates uh, back when it originally came out because uh, one of the roommates had a PlayStation. Loved every minute, regretted every decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little unfair how well you could be doing with a character and then just one shitty wrong decision we, and they're fucking dead. I don't think that's fair. We but. never actually finished the game together as a collective roommate group uh, because of that notion. We got like three quarters into the game and then the guy who owned the PlayStation's favorite character died accidentally. Which one was it? Do you remember? Oh, I know it was the scene where you had Hayden the flare Panatera. gun. It's gotta be Hayden, Hayden Panettiere's character. Yes. She's it, my favorite character too. No, it was a. It was one of the guys in the group and it was like it wasn't when the you had the guy, flare. Was it? No, no. It was like the blonde I really want you spiky. put that in the context, please. No, it's the blonde, <laughs> spiky hair guy. Chris. Uh, Chris, yes, yes. Well, the con- uh, in hor- it's a meme that within horror movies, and by the way, I didn't create this, I'm just saying, but it's a meme that the black guy usually dies first. Not since the 80s. <laughs> no. Yeah, but most of, the, most of the most ridiculous horror movies are from the 80s. That is fair. 90s, 2000s. And I feel bad because they're usually being the rational ones in the group, right? It's always the white girl that's like... Let's go hide in the cemetery. <laughs> Let's go hide in the shed with all the sharp <laughs> saws and hatchets. It would just take one guy to go, are you fucking insane? Clearly, the kitchen with the butcher knives is the right place to go. <laughs> we should split up. We no. should split. No. It was I'm Chris. I'm taking off my clothes. That guy died, <laughs> and the guy was unwilling to continue. He wanted to start the entire game over, get us exactly to that decision are you again. Are still friends with this guy? Oh, yeah, I'm still friends. I went to his wedding. Yeah. We never played the game again. He never could get all of the choices just right and everyone to survive up to that choice. I've had three different playthroughs of this game. One where I saved everybody. One where I killed everybody. Yeah. And my very first playthrough where I saved five of the eight characters. Five of the eight? Okay, that's not that's, a bad ratio. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. You know, for you not having any idea what any choice is really actually going to do. Are you patting yourself in the back right now? Yeah. Oh, for, fuck yeah. I yeah. killed three people. That's not three bad. Three people? I'm like, all right, that's a D minus, baby. D minus. That's Ayo. a cool D minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to be drug dealers anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, Zar, what are we doing in today's episode? Uh, what are we doing in today's episode? It looks like we are talking a lot about Bayonetta controversy. And then we'll be going into The Witcher. We'll hit on some quick takes and some game releases today. That sounds like a good episode. So, Zach, let's talk Bayonetta 3. Because I know you've done your research, but just to kind of give the context behind this, I have heard that the original voice actress for Bayonetta was not paid enough for her role as Bayonetta and a bunch of other chaos ensued. So give us the TLDR of what's going on here, what the truth is, and what you think about all of it. Hello, everyone. My name is Zach. I'm a reporter. Hi, Zach. It's Actually, good to see you. Can I, do you need a degree for being a reporter? I don't think so. Okay, so I'm being a reporter then. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, self-proclaimed. Good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Just know it's my self-proclamation. All right, so Zach, what is going on here? Well, so 
tell me if you heard this one before. Somebody tweets. Everyone takes it as gospel. Everyone retweets it. Someone says the actual opposite of what this person said, and people fight about it. That's literally what Twitter was made for. What are you talking about? Yes, this so, happens yes. every so, day. Happens Let's give time. context, shall we? Helena Taylor was a wonderful voice actor for Bayonetta in the first game in the second. Okay. She was not reprised for her role in the third, which led to some speculation as to, I think I even said it, time travel. Like, you know, what, what happened to Bayonetta, you know, whatever. Yeah, you took it in a video game canonical, canonical sense. Yeah. Turns out that was not the case. It was real life squabbles. Oof. So let me ask, why did people originally, like, how did they get this information about, what's her, what's her name? The, the Helena Taylor. Helena Taylor. She originally made a video, right, where she was kind of like, hey, here's what's going on. And that's how people got this information, right, was she was kind of on there giving this information like, hey, they only offered me $4,000 for the role of Bayonetta. Is that how it went? Correct. Okay. Which $4,000 to be the main speaking role in any media, any form of media, cinema, television or video game that is that's nothing that is not paying your actor correctly well i mean even like i would even say that's true of like a new franchise but this is not a new franchise this is bayonetta 3 well and i mean just purely on the notion of how many speaking parts within this game she's gonna have four thousand dollars is like nothing Okay, so Helena Taylor put out this tweet. What happened next? So it was a video of her describing how she wasn't offered uh, enough money. It was $4,000 what she said. Um, She declined it, and she asked that people would boycott Bayonetta 3. And so all the people came and, you know, voiced their expression to uh, defend voice actors. Because let's be real, you're right. That's not a lot of money for such a highly esteemed role. So she did call for the boycott of the game, though. She did say that. That yes. is interesting. Wow, yeah. No, I did not see that one What's coming. more interesting is she called Bayonetta fans Bayonutters. Bayonutters. And I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I will never call myself a Bayonutter. A Bayonutter. <laughs> that sounds like a, a snack or something, like a cracker. <laughs> the Bayonutter? Yeah, the Bayonutter. I figured that was for those weird Rule 34 people, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was like, Ew. Elena, look, I get what you're saying, but you could have picked something better. Oh, did you have to say that? I just Bayonutter. got the Bayonetta like, thing. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and it, it really looked even more incriminating on Platinum Games' part. Some people were blaming Nintendo, which, I mean, Nintendo definitely is a part of the process. Um, but Platinum Games is really all Bayonetta is through. Well, right, because Nintendo's not going to be, like, involved with every step of the way of a game yeah, like it, this. End of the day, Nintendo isn't going to micromanage each and every IP they own. That's why they have development teams. Yeah, precisely. Gee, I mean, then nobody would get Metroid done. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Metroid's not going to get done anyway. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, so I just want to clear that up. Not to say Nintendo hasn't done any shady stuff in their days, and not to say that um, Platinum Games is innocent, but I just want to say the two parties here that are like arguing back and forth is Helena Taylor, the voice of Bayonetta, the first two games, and Platinum Games, the owner of the IP. Hideki Kamiya, then the owner or the CEO of Platinum Games, tweeted out something that this was untrue, and light will come to this, and he's known to block people, and so he oh, literally... one of those guys, huh? Literally blocked so many people that Twitter... 
their bots registered that he was a bot, and so his account was banned ah. or temporarily suspended. Oh, man. Man, I didn't know it worked opposite. I knew that Twitter could flag you for being a bot if you followed too many accounts, but blocking accounts, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So, yeah, I, I got either. to learn a little Twitter etiquette there. And so that um, made Platinum Games look incredibly bad. Um, Hideki Kamiya has a very known reputation of just saying what he saying it as it is you know one of those people and not being very pc about it or whatever and so he's been known to do that and so this was just kind of the extra step kind of a normal thing you would think he would do and it just led to him being blocked and making platinum games look even more guilty ha so i think the other thing that was working against them in this entire case was who did they pick as the person to replace Helena Taylor. And they picked Jennifer Hale. Do you guys know who she is? I know she's pretty big. She. Uh, what else does she voice? I know she's big. Wasn't Jennifer Hale also the voice of Princess Peach? Is, I feel like we've had true? Jennifer Hale as a trivia question, like in the Peaches era. I don't know. Fact checker. She's pretty big. Um, I'm on Wikipedia. The best thing for facts, right? <laughs> yeah. So she's been in game franchises such as Baldur's Gate, Mass Effect, Metal Gear Solid, Bioshock Infinite, Metroid Prime, oh Overwatch, my. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Holy um, shit. In 2013, I was just doing that to be funny because she was recognized by Guinness World Records as the most prolific video game voice actress. Wow. I mean... So- <laughs> With, if you're replacing the main cast, that is a powerhouse to replace them with. Like, one of the most esteemed and established voice actors in the industry. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because in this part of the, in this part of the story, a lot of people basically kind, kind of saying, okay, you got rid of Helena Taylor with this really low ball, like, uh, amount doing Bayonetta 3, which presumably. nobody would... Presumably. Which nobody in their right mind would take, who's, like, a good voice actress. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, you won't accept the offer? Oh, jeez, right? And then brought in Jennifer Hale. Like, a lot of people have speculated that this was all a ploy to get Elena Taylor to step down in her role and get somebody more... With more, like, ethos into the role of Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3. Well, and, like, this is... That's just the speculation. I'm not saying that's true or not. In fact, I think Zach has, like, something to say to combat that. But what are, what are your thoughts? Well, are? I think, I mean, that just, it screams what you see is what you get here. Like, it really does sound like the company purposefully lowballed Helena Taylor. And they had Jennifer Hale already on deck to replace Helena Taylor. It, it just, it sounds calculated and purposeful. Like, now, the lowball. Now, I have a clear reason why this clearly isn't the case. And the reason is because if you are simply a voice actor or voice actress, you're not really that famous in the eyes of video gamers anyway, right? Like, no one's like, oh my god, the Jennifer Hale? And let me point you to this. If it were true, if this were true, why would they take Charles Martinet away from the role of Mario in the Mario movie? Because it's if not it was video just game. about the, vo- but it's a video game movie. Yeah. I think you can make the parallel, right? Like if it were literally just about like namesake, right? They put Chris Pratt in the role of Mario because they knew that was going to get people there. Whereas like because Chris Pratt's a huge actor. Whereas like Jennifer Hale, like okay, she's a great voice actress. I'm not taking away from that, but she's not super well known. Like nobody's gonna hear. Oh my God, Jennifer Hale, like. 
or at least the the population who would be really excited would be a lot smaller than you know well, yeah that exactly would, not enough to make Pratt. a difference so that would be like my counterpoint but again like Zach has more information to come into this from like more of the perspective of what's actually happening so Zach where are we in this saga and so I think JP that was a good segue because I just went into it um, using some quick Google research. And, uh, Google um, research. 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. procrastination brain tactics. An, an Adderall binge. <laughs> no, there was no Adderall. It was really Adderall de- dependent. I had none of it at that point. You know, it runs out. That's when I get to sleep. But I was like, I gotta, I gotta know. Like, I'm like curious at this point. So I went into like voice actors. They usually get paid per, per project. Uh, obviously, that can be really great. Sometimes you land a big gig, you get a big paycheck. You land a small gig, you get a small paycheck. I mean, yeah, that's how it works. Um, one instance they give on Voices.com was that you can make $100 for like a local radio commercial. $10,000 for a national TV commercial. And again, a commercial, like 30 seconds, a minute. Maybe you have two minutes of log, uh, logs, two minutes of like actual product that you can sell that's not saying they don't that's all that goes into it i know that's grossly summarizing it right um but then we like i went into cartoons and animation and the industry rates are generally range from 100 dollars for a short 15 second animation all the way up to ten thousand dollars for a starring role in animated short okay so 4k is you know not terrible Right. Like, I mean, we're not talking like fairly odd parents. I don't know. I don't know. That's like big. That was big back in my day. Okay. Fairly, fairly odd parents. I mean, well, if you you've got a 10,000 oh, for that, you know, if you've got a role that's in an animated short that's like 15 minutes or less. Yeah. Four grand. Perfect. You know. Okay. And she is the main character in Bayonetta. So I looked at like how many words does she say like in the game, which apparently there's not really a thing for this. So I kind of like used average words and did some quick Mental math. Quick maths. <laughs> um, in Bayonetta 1, she spoke 220 times with 10 words per dialogue. So, again, grossly summarized. I can't be that far off, to be honest, though, because I did go on the exceeding. I went. I rounded up, is what I'm trying to say. It's not like it's Kingdom Hearts, where there's a uh, cutscene every eight minutes for right. 30 minutes. <laughs> so she said 2,200 words-ish in Bayonetta 1. And Bayonetta 2 is actually hilarious because it's almost the fucking exact same. Huh. Um, so she said about 4,400 words. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in this podcast we've said close to 1,000 almost at this point in the episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Again, that is not – we're not talented in the voice acting degree. So, like, I cannot sound like Bayonetta. I can't just swap that thing. So, again, this is grossly summarizing. Looking at this is not politics. This is just giving you some numbers to work with here. Um, and I just think that if we continue down this road, like that just needs to be a debate over transparency with paychecks. We don't know exactly what these companies are paying. Helena Taylor apparently undersold what she was offered. Um, she rounded down, if you will. Rounded down from what number would be my question. So they said after she got said no to the 4K offer, they offered her $10,000. She said no to that too, I assume, because that's when they got Jennifer Hale. They're like, well, if we're going to spend big money, let's just get a big money actress. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think this is just a debate over transparency. And then if you want to go, you know, political, it's just going to be, you know, do you think there should be a union for voice actors so they can even this out? And that's not something that we really do on the Game Tea podcast. So I'm going to leave it at Platinum Games tweet, not Hideki Kamiya's. We at Platinum Games offer our sincerest appreciation to everyone who has contributed to creating Bayonetta series over the years, Mm. as well as the community that has served its foundation. 
We give our full support to Jennifer Hale as the new Bayonetta and align with everything in her statement. Helen Taylor did not say very nice things Ooh. about um, Jennifer Hale. Um, it wasn't like terrible, but it was just like kind of like she's not as good as me kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, and I think and that's again, kind of a dick move because it's like, I know you're really upset, but this isn't Jennifer Hale's fault at all. Like, No, no. She just accepted a job. Which you'd be crazy not to do. Like she didn't know about the politics of it at the, you know. And, they, and even if she did, it's like this doesn't involve me. This is yeah, just a paycheck for me. It's still a job. Exactly. Like, dude, I got like fourteen more games to voice after this. I don't care. Yeah, like, is what yeah, she's thinking. For real. Probably. Um, but her the final thing it ends when I thought was really like PC. It was like we asked people to please refrain from any further comments that would disrespect Jennifer or any other contributors to the series. So they very nicely, without calling out Helena Taylor, say like you should still respect her. Um, you should still respect Jennifer, and please just respect the game. Um, sounds so, like a bad breakup, honestly, at this point. That's all that really came about yeah. from this. I appreciate you doing the research because it's really hard to say like whether or not this was fair for her on Helena Taylor's side. Because like I had no fucking idea what a voice actor or actress gets paid if like all they're using is their voice, right? Like it's different than if you're like a AAA actor who's like lending your voice to a product. Like again, Chris Pratt in the Mario movie, but like in a project like this, I had no fucking idea. So you right. clearing that up, it, it makes a difference. Joel from. Naughty Dogs, or Joel from Naughty Dogs. Joel from, Joel from from The Last of Us. The Last of Us. He's making in like the millions of dollars. Whereas well, because he's Joel from The Last of Us. And whereas <laughs> indie games, they don't get paid for it. They're you know like they're making it work because they have to. Like it's just like it's so grossly all over the place. Like so we need all the context from this. And so it's right. really funny seeing the internet backlash because it was oh Helena Taylor she's so underappreciated. Like there's some big name celebrities supporting her too, and now it's just like all the people are like shitting on her for lying and it's like it's funny how you see this internet pendulum it's like going back and forth it's like just get context for all this like helena taylor's not a bad person she deserved to get paid like she works hard she was an awesome voice for bayonetta jennifer hale is a great person she just wanted to get paid like yeah i I just i'm sitting here i'm like at first i i was part of the pendulum but i sat there and i was like okay wait let's just process all of this because this is weird it's so easy to become a part of the pendulum if you like don't catch yourself and you're like okay let's back the fuck up now i will admit it leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth that helena taylor did not introduce all of the information in her original video because that was clearly being a little misleading right right and she did that intentionally that leaves a bad taste in my mouth but it's like you said like that doesn't necessarily mean that i think she deserves like i'm sure she's gotten the death threats of twitter by now and the you know hordes of people going after her like i'm not she by no means deserves any of that nobody no matter what you do deserve a deserves a death threat i'm just saying it's clear to me at least that she was trying to omit an important piece of information from the story to gain a bit more sympathy that's all I'm saying. I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, it's clear to me that she did that. Yeah. And that it sucks. I understand how frustrated she must have been. But, like, if you're going to go on a rant like that on Twitter and you're not going to be 100% honest and, like, candid about every piece of information, then things will come to light. Like, they, yeah, yeah precise, precisely. I'm really glad that Hideki Kamiya's, like, Twitter got banned because that gave Platinum, like, time to, like, not overreact and like assess the situation and i think that helps right. them look a lot better in this regard because usually the corporation is pretty easy to peg as the bad guy because 
you get big somehow, and that's cutting costs, you know? Yeah, that's where I was at this whole time. I was kind of going through those pendulum motions. At first, I was ready to <laughs> scorn this company and be like, yeah, they're doing some shady shit. But now at the end, it just kind of seems, like you guys were saying, a very, very bad breakup and not really... Not that no one's at fault here, but things just really got blown out of proportion very quickly. It's one of those things where both sides did something shitty, but when you ask the one side about what happened, they're not going to tell you about the shitty things they did. They're just going to tell you about the shitty things the other person did. Exactly. And when you have all the details, what you figure out is there's not really anyone who's the hero in this story. It's just kind of... I'll tell you, Jennifer Hale's the hero in this story because she, again, has no part in any of this except she's... Being she, a badass voice actress. Yeah, honestly, she's just probably like, oh, wow, another gig? Like, oh, Bayonetta, that's so cool. Everybody likes Bayonetta. Um, what happened to the old person? <laughs> and they're like, wouldn't you like to know? Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, context is key, kids. Context is key. And also pay your video game actors and actresses more. Because here's the other fucking thing. They could have paid her more. They totally fucking could have if she wanted more money. I mean, we're talking about Bayonetta fucking 3. It's so popular we're on 3. It's in the fucking title. Yeah, I I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but I do think that how successful a series is by the third iteration should dictate, you know, contract payouts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, got, I got nothing I can say that won't get political, so retweet. <laughs> All right, retweet. Um, All right next Zach. up. So we had a pretty big announcement, which honestly, I thought this was really good because I thought if they didn't do this, it would have got leaked. So CD Projekt Red sent out a tweet where they announced they have a new project they're working on, so I'll just give you the tweet. The Witcher is where it all started for us, for CD Projekt Red. You know, Cyberpunk 2077 of fame. Oh, I know. That company. (laughs) It was the first game we made, ever. And it was a big moment for us then. Going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience it feels just as big, if not bigger, says Adam Badowski, head of Studio CD Projekt Red. Collaborating with Fool's Theory on this project is just as exciting as some of the people there have been previously involved in the Witcher games. So they got a company they feel comfortable with. They know the source material well. They know how much gamers have been looking forward to seeing the remake happen, and they know how to make an incredible and ambitious game. And although it will take some time before we're ready to share more about and from the game, I know it'll be worth the wait. So the TLDR is they're remaking the original Witcher game. Yes. Okay. That's and a, what console was that originally on? Like, or at least generation, like 360? Yeah. I want to say it feels like such an Xbox title, but I don't know for sure. Zach, what do you got? The original Witcher. It says PC. I'm pretty sure it's just PC. It's 2007 and Microsoft, so PC. All right, so the original Witcher came out for PC then. Okay, so... In 2007. I mean, so it's not like The Last of Us that got re-released in 2015. Well, I mean, here's the thing. And then got a whole new remake yeah. in 2022. I, all of us are 27, 28 years old, right? So I'm dying. <laughs> we are. But also, like, here's the thing. When you put it in terms of what year, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, 2007? Oh, so like, what, five years ago? Yeah. Do you yeah. ever think that to yourself? All of the time. And then I cry a little. Yeah, uh, yeah. I cry no, a lot. <laughs> no, honey. Honeys, honeys, honeys. This was 15 years ago. Yeah. That the Witcher originally released. So, you know what a remake? I mean, for fuck's sake, we got a remaster of The Last of Us less than a year. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I I think it's about time. I mean, everybody loves The Witcher 3, so why not go back to the origins? All right, so the big question, and this is especially crucial since Peaches is not here, who's playing it? Well, I'll play it. I like good games. I do too. My fear is that because of how spoiled we were with The Witcher 3, going back to the original Witcher might make it feel a little bit underwhelming, I will say. Let me give you an example. I played the first Red Dead Redemption after I played Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, yeah. And it felt terrible. Yeah. (laughs) In comparison. You know what I mean? I mean, if they redo it from the ground up and make it feel like a new game, I think they'll be able to... You know, nip that problem in the bud. But so you have to assume that, but this is all just speculation. But I mean, like, if they do keep the same, you know, how a first iteration of a game will eventually build on its powers or its abilities, uh, but then you go back to that first and it just feels very limited, like you've only got half of your skill set, um, that's kind of what I'm worried about for this game. Yeah. But the story will be banging. And I, I mean, mean that literally. The story. Yeah. That? No, it won't. All right. Do you know how many fucking times Yennefer left us out to fucking dry? Hey, it's Nobody's just getting laid. It looked like it was just Triss in this game, and I like Triss. <laughs> fucking you don't know these characters. Play the game. <laughs> um, Play the game. And Come so on. That's really all we have for news, right? Like, next, just connect some quick takes. You guys ready to roll? Yeah, there's right. nothing else that's really big to talk about. So, oh, uh, yeah. no. Okay. I guess there's one game. Boo, boo on you. What's coming out? Silent Hill 2 is getting a remake. Oh, oh yeah. Sar, are you excited? I Co- am. Konami very, did a thing. I am very, very excited about that. Um, Give oh, us man. a little bit of context in case people don't know what Silent Hill is. And when did it come out? What's it about? What's going on? Okay, so Silent Hill was and almost could be considered competition for Resident Evil. Both games, uh, both original games launched relatively the same time and very much piggybacked off of each other's themes. Um, Resident Evil was more set in like apocalyptic zombie, you know, fight your way out. Whereas Silent Hill was basically like an escape. Um, you get drawn into a town and this town does not let you leave. And then there's not a lot of fighting. You can survive and like defend yourself, but that's not the point of the game. Um, the same themes of puzzle solving, uh, are contained within both games very, very heavily. Uh, which is why I really like the earlier silent Hills that were focused more on puzzle solving, hiding, and really utilizing your environment to survive. Right. Silent Hill 2 Remake, I think, is going to contain all of those same themes um, and really bring back that nostalgic, original feel of Silent Hill and Resident Evil. The camera angles are going to be good. There's going to be, like, mad overhauls of graphical assets. Like, this game looks like they are giving it the Resident Evil remake treatments. And I love that because Silent Hill is an incredibly deep and rich horror lore. I think, like, you really hit the nail on the head when you were talking about, like, some of the differences between Silent Hill and Resident Evil. When I play Resident Evil, I get the vibe... Resident Evil is his own monster, right? Where it's like... 
you can at least defend yourself, you know, through whatever the fuck is happening. It can feel really futile at points, right? Especially yeah. when the Titan's following you around, and you're just like, why won't you stay down? Yeah, but there is a sense of empowerment when you always have ammo and guns at your disposal. Whereas, like, Silent Hill goes more for, like, the helplessness that comes with playing a game like Outlast, where your goal is not to defend, your goal is just to run and escape. Yes, your goal is to survive, and there are several enemies uh, that kind of mirror Resident Evil enemies. The main notable... He's not the main enemy, but you will see this guy several times throughout the game. I know who you're talking about. Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head. Yes. Poopy Head. Pyramid Head. That that guy, too. Yeah, I don't know which is worse. Like, oh, man. Some of it dripped on me. Ew. God damn it. Now I know what the holes in his face mask are for. (laughs) Pyramid Head is one of the most iconic... I don't. I don't think you can even call it a villain. Let's just say monster. Monster, it's just a monster. Yeah. Ever, in any video game ever. Yes, and whereas, like with the Titan, there's uh, in comparison to Resident Evil Two, the Titan is always lurking. You know, the Titan is there. But in Silent Hill, all of a sudden, the music goes quiet. You hear scraping of metal, like on the ground, and like in front of you, you just see this seven-foot-tall guy with a giant metal triangle on his head carrying, like, a giant cloud-like sword behind him. And you just know, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to do anything to that thing. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. Oh, I love it. So, do we have anything else for Silent Hill other than just, like, this teaser trailer? Which, by the way, I will be posting to Twitter because everybody's got to fucking see this. But beyond that... What do you think of the newer trailer? Like, what do you want to say that we haven't said about it yet? It looks like the original. It looks very close to the representation of the original in a modern era. And I think that is incredible because that story needs to be told again. And wait till you see creepy Robbie the Rabbit mascot. I think the timing is fucking good, too. It is. I think the timing is... Like, if you think of Resident Evil, there's not a bad quote-unquote Resident Evil game? Six. Really? You think so? Six is god-awful. Don't want you punch a rock? Uh, no, that's Resident Evil 5. Oh, that's Minecraft, bro. <laughs> but yeah, that, that rock-punching scene wrong. was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fine. There was a bad Resident Evil game, but that exudes my point, actually, that, like, if you've got a franchise, I'm looking at you, Call of Duty, where you're perpetually putting out a product, like, not every single one's going to be a hit, because at some point, you start to run out of ideas. Now, yeah. Resident Evil picked their fucking game up with 7, which was Biohazard, and one of my favorite Resident Evil games, like, that game was outstanding. Oh, phenomenal. And then Resident Evil 8, even better than 7. Yeah. Um, you know, but then we get Silent Hill, who's been Dormant. <laughs> ironically <laughs> silent. Yeah. For quite some ah. time. Ah. Ah. And now we've, we've got a new product coming out, which means our expectations are high, right? Definitely, especially for a franchise like this. Mm. And I, I really think, yes, like you said, the time is perfect because Resident Evil has been making moves left and right. And when you look back in the 90s, the mid-90s, those two IPs were side by side. It was like, you want to get your scare on? 
what's your what's your poison? Silent Hill or Resident Evil? And so I think Silent Hill taking a page out of Resident Evil's book and remaking their original games to the caliber that Resident Evil's been doing, it's gonna it's gonna bit bring a revive to this entire franchise as a whole. If you're the kind of person who likes horror games where you know that actually instills fear and where you feel like there's nothing you can do like alien isolation like outlast like you're going to be a silent hill kind of person too. absolutely this game just oozes scariness like mm-hmm. what silent hill does differently and so much better than resident evil is silent hill sets a scene You are plopped into a deserted town that used to look lively, but you can't see, like, more than 10 feet in front of you because of this weird fog. The fog, I remember. The perpetual fog that stays there. And so, like, you could be walking, minding your own business, and all of a sudden, out of the shadows, like, six monsters come at you because you weren't paying attention enough. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's terrifying. There is just an overwhelming sense of perpetual dread with Silent Hill. I'm really excited for this. Even the trailer, like the teaser trailer or whatever, was fucking terrifying. If you're, what's the name of the fear of holes? Uh, apophobia, I believe. I wrote it down. Yeah, apophobia. Apophobia. Okay. If you've got apophobia, which I think you do, I do. I do actually have it. Like this trailer is gonna freak you the fuck out. Um, if you have the fear of people's faces melting off, what's that called, Zach? Oh, I think you're getting <laughs> you're getting into the second piece of news here. You're talking about Silent Hill F. Yes. The other right. piece of Silent Hill news you that we got You don't even today. know you're Silent Hill. <laughs> so there was another trailer, a new announcement from Konami. Tell us more, Zach. They released a trailer for Silent Hill F, in no relation besides name, to Silent Hill 2. Damn, the only one here taking an F is me. Or no, that's an L. Damn, I'm taking all sorts of M's today. <laughs> uh, so it it's just creepy, atmospheric shit. There's yeah. a little Japanese girl maybe that's a good describer of that person that's what you would imagine like a schoolgirl kind of thing and she's just walking You're around giving, with a little what, like Doki Doki Literature Club or? sure and she's walking around <laughs> with like a little like rusted pipe and by the end of it she is a mushroom thing where'd you get that pipe we're in the woods I <laughs> scream as I'm running away <laughs> yes this trailer looked incredible um, it is just an announcement a very trippy and colorful announcement trailer at that but also very very disturbing and there's really not a lot of information we get from this we can't even really speculate what's going to be going on here but it looks like this this girl who succumbs to all the natural flora around her uh is going to be what you're running away from the entire game i get a very strong negative feeling of silent hill pt I get oh, PT vibes from, say. and not not in the sense of how spectacular and how phenomenal it could have been, but I'm just worried that this is going to be lost to the test of time and eventually dumped and forgotten. It, for how cool it is, it just doesn't look like there's any direction whatsoever to it. I feel like we can never have a horror conversation without talking about PT, because that's the biggest waste of potential I've ever seen in a video game in my entire life. I think Konami's going to continually and perpetually kick themselves over PT. Fuck, man, that sucks. And yeah, I'm kicking myself because I remember a time where I could have downloaded that to my PS4 for free and I just didn't get around to it and then one day it was gone. Yep, and then it just doesn't exist anymore. All right, so the last question before we move on to quick takes I have for you, Zar, 
Why do you think Silent Hill took such a long hiatus? I think loss of interest. I think they made a few bad calls. They put a lot of eggs in the PT basket and then just abandoned it. Mm. Um, I also think Konami's been working on several other projects in the meantime, and Silent Hill has just kind of fallen by the wayside. The last time we really saw anything Silent Hill was late 2000s, like 2009 to maybe even 2011. And there was like a new movie came that came out and like Silent Hill Homecoming and some other Silent Hill game. And none of that media was very well received. It was very mid-mediocre. And so I think they just kind of shelved the uh, entire franchise for just a few years. Hmm. All right. That's just my take on it. Well, I'm really happy they're giving it a resurgence. I can't I'm wait thrilled. to play it. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm thrilled. All right. Who wants to kick us off with some quick takes? I guess I do. Yay! Today, <laughs> there was a new announcement. Uh, not today. Uh, whenever you guys will read. Or, you know what? Whenever we record this episode, there was a new trailer for Digimon World uh, Next Order. Announcement trailer. Which is, I don't know if there was a date. Zara and I, we, we fought over what makes an announcement trailer, a teaser trailer, uh, yeah. more. So Digimon is something I never personally got involved with. Zara, did you, Digimon guy, you maybe, perhaps? Um, A little bit back in the day, but I just kind of, I was more preference towards Pokemon, and since with how similar they were, I just thought Pokemon was superior because it actually made sense how you don't go backwards <laughs> in evolution. <laughs> I mean... Let's be. None of it makes sense. No, no, not a goddamn thing makes sense. But no, my preference is always Pokemon. But I a little bit of vested interest, mm-hmm. not much. Well, yeah, excited. And so the announcement trailer does say the release date, which is February twenty second. Which what a good time to come out after Pokemon hype has died down. Mm-hmm. Kind of knows its audience. It knows it's kind of the lesser. So I think it's a pretty fun series. It's a good RPG. To just kill time with, and you get to see cool little, cool little Digimon. I'm I'm happy for everybody that's excited. All four of us. All right. And then Pokemon released a new trailer. Okay, so tell us what we got, because I believe it's a new Pokemon, right? We got a new Pokemon, Gravard. Mm, Okay, Gravard. I'm assuming a ghost type, because it sounds like Graveyard. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds pretty on par with Graveyard. And it's a mix between Litwick, because, you know, that's a candle, and a bearded collie. A bearded collie? uh, Okay. Like the dog breed. Interesting. And so it's adorable. I want it. It's mine. I'm going to say every fucking design they've put out for this new generation so far has been a banger. Yeah, it's been pretty good. They've been unique is is my biggest thing. Not too edgy. Not too weird. Not too uninspired. Exactly. it's It's got a good mix right now. I'm curious to see how it all turn out. Yeah, I mean, if there's... I think so many people hold reverence for the first Pokemon generation because they didn't feel too over-designed. And I would argue that that's not completely true. And in fact, like, if you look at, like, Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4, that's where it started getting a little bit more into the weeds. But Gen 5 is where I think most people were like, this is getting ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Once you start getting Pokemon designed based on desserts... Yeah, like I don't like that's everybody's that. favorite to go off of. But not to say Gen Five doesn't didn't also have some hits because Litwick, funnily enough, was a Gen Fiver. Wasn't Garchomp also a Gen Fiver? Gen no. Four. Gen, Gen 4. Four. Okay. Okay. The reason why Gen Four. Okay. Supreme. Anyway. Right. Yeah. It, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any who's, yeah, I mean, every design they've put out so far for the new Pokemon have looked really fucking good. My concern is they brought out dessert first, if you know what I mean. Mm. That they're showing us all the good stuff now, and there's not going to be a ton of great stuff left in the game. But that's not really unfounded on anything, to be <laughs> honest. It's just kind of like... Although I really Whatever. feel like, especially recently, uh, when Pokemon hypes up their new generation, they give you, well before the release of the game, all of the information about all the new Pokemon. Like, I don't think I've gone into a new Pokemon game and been surprised about what this new Pokemon looks like. Yeah. Because they just they showcase everything new. I mean, yeah, they leave some surprises, but... I mean, honestly, like, from what we've seen from for Scarlet and Violet so far, whether it's, like, the world building, the Pokemon, different mechanics, of except, of course, the stupid fucking hats. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that different from Sword and Shield. I don't think so. I mean, well, Sword and Shield was such a success that, like, why break what's not broken? But or you, why fix you can apply broken? that same logic to any game for Pokemon in the last decade, though. Well, it's true, but, like, all they really need to do is throw in a new gimmick and then do everything else the same. Can we just get Mega Evolutions back, please? Oh, I would love Mega Evolutions back. That was was much better. Although, a lot of people didn't like the Mega Evolutions because of the Pokedex hinting at how painful and torturous it is to submit a Pokemon through Mega Evolution. Like, it's not about them. It's Mega <laughs> Aerodactyl's Pokedex entry is awful. Like, really? Yeah, it says while it Mega evolves, its screams of agony can be heard miles away. I did not fucking know that. Yeah. Pokemon's always been dark. Also, nope. this is not what I thought a quick take was going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to upcoming game releases. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. Graveyard. Gr- Gr- Gravard, Graveyard, Gravard. Gravard. We're going to say it wrong anyway. It's, it's going on my team, unless it's an exclusive, in which case, one of you assholes better give me my Pokemon. Nah. nah. If you don't give me yours, I'm not giving you mine. We'll see who who has the cooler exclusives. I'm, 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 all right. <laughs> Fine. All right, It'll Zach. cost you about 350 Tree fitty. I need about tree fitty. All right, Zar, can you talk? Keep All right. <laughs> so, upcoming game releases. On October 28th, we have Bayonetta 3. Also, on October 28th, we have Resident Evil Reverse for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Resident Evil Village Shadows of Rose DLC, which looks really good, coming out for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, also on October 28th. Uh, still on October 28th, uh, we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And no, that is not a remake. It's supposed to be a new game. It is, yes. It is. I know. Consider, yeah, we know. We know. We, we hear you out there. <laughs> on November 4th, we have Harvestella. And on November 8th, we have two games coming out. We have Skull and Bones and Sonic Frontiers. And finally, you know what it's coming out for. On November 9th, we have God of War Ragnarok. All right, so hype up. I'm going to be honest. God of War Ragnarok, we know is going to be good. God of War Ragnarok, we know everyone's looking forward to. I don't have anything to say that I have not already said. But Sonic Frontiers, I cannot say the same for. We have presented some information about this game that could lead some people to believe it could be good 
or it could suck. Yeah. So now that we know what we know, now know, now that we've seen more trailers, now that we're more informed, video game commentators, how do we think Sonic Frontiers is going to go? Zach, what do you think? I'm an optimist, JP. I know you are, buddy. I don't think it's going to do great. Really? I think it's nice. I'm excited to see it. They just burn me too many times. They just burn me too many times. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope you're wrong, too. You Fuck know. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was the last Sonic game? Was it Sonic Colors? Sonic Colors, especially on the Switch, was not good. That was a remake, BT Dubs. Was it really? Yeah. So then Sonic even... Frontiers was the last one. The last new one. Sonic Frontiers? No, shit, I'm dumb. Sonic, <laughs> that's the new one coming out. No, it was that's like coming Sonic, out. Sonic Forces. Sorry, it wasn't F word. Forces. Sonic Forces. Okay. Sonic F word. Sonic Forces, I heard, was okay. It was mid. I mean, even from an optimist point of view, saying that you don't think it's going to do that great, that's surprising to hear. All right, what about you, Zar? I'm in the same boat as Zach. I think it's just going to be mid. I think the game is going to pull off and do what it wants to do very well. And it's going to be a great game. I just don't think the Sonic hype is going to carry the sales enough. I think that people are going to wait for this game to go on sale or they're going to get it like really, really discounted. And that's when this game is going to make sales, but not on launch. Okay, so now that Zars agreed with me, I change it completely. I, ah, this is going to be of course. an amazing game because you know what? Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, they've been fire. Uh, oh, the you movies, mean the games? The that... movies. Oh, the movies? I thought the second one sucked. I like the second one. Well, I thought you said it just piggybacked on the first. Did I? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I need to pull up the receipts because I don't know what my opinion was then, but my opinion now is it was a good movie. Uh I've, I've enjoyed the Sonic movies. I think they're they're fine. Yeah, they're well, and that's what I think about this game too. I think it's going to be fine. Okay. I think it's going to do fine, and I think it's going to be fine. I think I'm gonna uh, like if you guys are putting it more in that mid category. I think it's going to be slightly above average. Just above average. Just above average. I think it's going to suffer from a lot of the same issues a lot of open world games do, in that the world can feel really empty. But, you know, a lot of other games with open world don't go off the Just fact. like the real world, am I right? Lols. Correct. Correct. But also, like, if you're thinking Breath of the Wild, sure, sometimes the world felt empty, but Link was going at a cool five miles an hour. If you're Sonic running everywhere at the speed of sound, you're going to notice that this place huh. is kind of empty. Yeah. Nothing huh. here. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and my other big concern about Sonic Frontiers is it's going to be short, like Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I don't necessarily always have a problem with it being short. Mm. If it if the content that's in it feels fleshed out. And I mean, also, as long as we're not talking about, like, four hours. Yeah. If it's, like, I mean, short, eight, ten hours, I'm like, fine. Short in today's comparison of video games is, like, a 10 to 12 hour playthrough. That is what's considered short, whereas, like... Back when we were talking about Banjo-Kazooie, that's a six-hour game, and that was considered a pretty standard gameplay for the gen back then. I, I beat Sly Cooper, the original one, five hours. Like exactly. 100% of it. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of moot talking about how short it actually is, because you could probably extend gameplay with finding all the random shit and all that stuff, but hmm. I don't know. I just I think it's time for Sonic to make a new name for himself and I really hope this goes off well I just don't have the hope that I thought I did for it that's a shame boys 
I, I really hope it proves us wrong. I really do. But here's the thing with Sonic. Even if this game is fucking fantastic, that's not to say the next game isn't going to be booty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so up and fucking down. All right, boys. Do we have anything else to go over before we get out of here for the I day? think that will do it. By the time everybody listens to this episode, it should be just a couple days past spoopy season. It is, unfortunately. Get in the spoops while you can. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the spoopy season run the rest of the year out. Yeah, I was going to say every day is spoopy season. For every you. day is spoopy season for me. Spoopy guy out. Yeah, Woo. spoopy guy out. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. A Huda Media Production.